when the technology started to evolve, people started to do an assessment. Mm -hmm. Which function, which people will be badly impacted, moderate impacted, and lower impact? Mm -hmm. The fact that everyone will be impacted at the end, but with different, uh, let's say, different impact. Yeah. Finance, in all the studies that I saw back in 2022 or 2020, mm -hmm. at the top of the list, mm -hmm. one of the most impacted industry with the evolving situation. Right. So today, speaking about the evolving landscape of finance, we got the guru of the evolving situation of the finance. Welcome to the show, Celine. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. So in our discussion, we introduce the guests through the purpose. So let me ask you the first question. What is your purpose in life? Hmm. I would say for me, uh, something that I have always held close was never to waste any opportunity given to me. Right, so I'm very fortunate. I feel like that to live at a time and in a place where I have an opportunity to go out and do the work I love on a daily basis, which was not open to me just a generation back, right? Or, and it's not open to a lot of people around the world even today. So even when I was a child, when I was growing up, when I was going through schooling, I was always immensely grateful for the opportunities that I have had. And I've always taken it as an opportunity never to waste anything. And something I read recently actually summed it up really well. It says, contribute more than you consume. So my purpose in life is to contribute more than I have taken from this world. Okay. You know, there is a say that your purpose is crafted because of the struggle. Mm -hmm. There's deep routes why you came up with this purpose. Mm -hmm. Do you think that... At some time, you regret some missed opportunities or you've seen close friend, family member losing opportunities. That's why you decided that me as a Selena, I'm not going to waste any opportunity in Dago. Now, see, I come from a uh, fairly conservative, deeply religious family, right? And a lot of my principles actually come from, when I look at it, in some level of spirituality is involved. So... I have always believed as a child and it has been drilled into me, possibly by my parents or, you know, people who has influenced me that when God gives you an opportunity, it's ungrateful to not make the best of it. Hmm. Right. So it's it's almost going against what you stand for as a person or as a as a people if you don't take everything that comes to you and make something out of it. Hmm. So it's possible, it's very possible that it came from that ethos that I have grown up with, but it has always been the case. Because I truly believe that a lot of things that you have in your life is an accident of birth. How smart you are in a lot of ways is determined by what is given to you. Hmm. You know, uh, where you're born, who you're born to. So there is very, very little that you have made of yourself and what you make of yourself from all these ingredients is your duty. Mm. Right? So it's it's not so much that I don't regret. I can't think of anything I regret in my life right now. Okay. <laughs> I don't uh, see a lot of people. I mean, it's not come from that experience of having lost something or seeing people lose something, mm. but rather from the point of view of if you get something, make something out of it. Okay. 
So finance professional, they are known for using the idea resource as much as they can. Mm-hmm. They know the impact on the P&L, on the balance sheet, so they save every penny and make the best use of every single investment. Do you think your purpose somehow impacted your choice to be in finance? I mean, it's it's a good fit, right? So uh, it, it works, let me put it like that. But is it because I really liked... Uh, utilizing resources really well that I came into finance, I wouldn't say so. Hmm. Right? So it's, I came into finance because I was good at numbers. It's a major job that I chose in university. I literally walked into one of the examination halls that was being held in university because my friend was taking an assessment, not because I signed up for it. Hmm. And I got selected into Deloitte. And my career just took off from there. Right, so it was it was not so much that I crafted my way into finance, but it was my major. I was good at it. There was no reason to move out of it. Okay. Uh, uh, before we go to the main subject, it's quite interesting discussion here. Mm-hmm. Um, I found a struggle to find uh, a female leaders when it mm-hmm. comes to the finance industry. Mm-hmm. Thanks for accepting the invite for today. Do you think? It's quite challenging for female to climb the ladder and reach one of the top level in finance uh, industry uh, in the region, or it is equally uh, equipped with the gentleman to be in the same position. It's a diversity question. It's. Uh, I would say being a female leader in most industries is hard. If you also want to club it with further education, having a family, taking care of kids, it's hard, right? So it's not just in finance, but across the board. Uh, I think Indra Nui put it very nicely. Women's biological clock and the career clock is an absolute conflict with each other. Hmm. Where usually you are climbing the ladder or going for your next opportunities or traveling or pulling in those 16-hour days in order to prove yourself is usually also the time you have a one-year-old kid or you are, you know, hitting a point where you want to start a family. And it's it's hard. So uh, if you don't see a lot of women in leadership, it's not necessarily because uh, the opportunities are not there. But utilizing the opportunities takes at all, considering everything else that we need to get done as well. Okay. So you need a lot of support to reach where you are, and it's not, and it's not just your own skill. It's your, it's it's a it's a mixture of opportunities, support network that you can create, and honestly, just plain luck along with your abilities. Of course, of course. Okay. Now, definitely. Speaking about a female leader, we're not going to speak about the number of years, of course, to start with. But you're welcome since, to. <laughs> since since you since you started uh, at early beginning uh, with one of the big four, and then your career kick, kicked off in finance, evolving across all of these many roles. Mm-hmm. Uh, mashallah. What kind of the significant change you've observed in the finance function across all of this period of time? So I think um, 
one of the major ones that i had observed and become part of multiple times is transitions and outsourcing and technology implementation right so a lot of times uh at least some of the few projects that i have taken on in industry was really around how to make uh finance teams especially in market more focused on value creation rather than on number crunching or reporting or things along those lines so that has definitely been a wave that i have been a part of but i also saw something quite interesting at some point uh, the companies decided the outsourcing has gone too far <laughs> so i have also been part of some interesting insourcing projects really? where they brought in team rather than to a third party outsourcer more to the shared service centers fully managed and operated by the companies itself uh it was an interesting balance i would say to find where to draw the line between what is considered tactical activities and what requires more business acumen and business understanding technology has definitely been something uh this will definitely reveal my age uh, at some point like when i started off if you knew how to do how to work pivots really well if you knew how to write a macro if you could do some sql queries you could feel like the smartest person in the room mm. not anymore <laughs> right so things have really evolved from there in terms of what you need to do as a junior finance person and how you grow in your career versus how i started out for instance okay uh, uh, just one, one one question when you said when you said that the evolving situation of outsourcing and making the finance team in the market focus more into the value creation and then some companies realize that they gone so far on that mm-hmm. where the mark the finance team on ground they got struggle because they are facing their partners and the outsourcing is far away mm-hmm. where they got dragged from creating value creation and facilitating and smoothing the outsourcing in the market which Absolutely. is not their core of the role what is the right balance here where where we can uh, I'll, I'll I'll quote what you said before we started where we can see the sweet spot between having the right balance between in market support value creation mm-hmm. and outsourcing repetitive uh, task um, to the support i mean if i had a simple answer to that i would be making a lot of money selling that solution right? <laughs> <laughs> so it's 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 new that's an opportunity you see you're making the best use of every opportunity i see that so it's 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 we are still figuring that out right i i feel like we are still more open to having more junior analysts who will run um who will run uh, ad hoc requests in the market now than we were say about 8 to 10 years back when they wanted all this to be in the uh, shared service centers uh it's not just managing the outsourcing part of it it is a pace with which things evolve especially in a market like ours uh i have roughly 36 countries that in i manage in my current role in one of my roles in my other one i have got a global remit right things could change for instance in a country like egypt really quickly and you want someone to run numbers and have something ready by the end of the day and uh, shared service teams usually works with slas they need 48 hours heads up in order to do that by then the situation has changed again so considering the pace with which we work or if you are working with governmental contracts for instance and you have been trying for like weeks to get a meeting and then all of a sudden something works out in the next 24 hours mm. again you need that analytics supports in the market in order to be able to manage this kind of quick turnarounds mm. uh and i think people also hugely still underestimate the power of face to face interaction 
so when somebody who is in the market is having a conversation with my sales team i get a very different results from sending 20 emails and asking for you know support or what they read between the lines i have had conversations where you know person comes to me and goes like this is what they said but i think this is the real issue hmm. and that comes from observing body language to get an understanding of what are they talking about what are they not saying are they holding something back is there something that we need to dig into so any role that requires a certain level of judgment quick turnaround which is relatively unstructured i think needs to be as close to the business as possible that's where we add the most value that's that's very clear thank you so much for this answer so i'm going yeah. to make a lot of money <laughs> <laughs> so speak about the the people of finance and face to face interaction there is a disclaimer or a claim that despite the fact the finance as a function is going through a rough disruption change and evolving landscape as we discussing now mm-hmm. still the majority of the people of the finance people mm-hmm. they are not up to the speed to cope with the change with the function itself mm-hmm. how do you see the finance professional people mm-hmm. adapting and coping with the change change is hard for everyone right i mean i mean we have worked in the industry for so long especially in major multinationals you have to be you have to be familiar with the change curve and the change adoption curve and things along those lines so i think what finance is dealing with is like every other function whose name comes up on top of the list in terms of the top functions that would be disrupted by the latest technology there is nervousness there is obviously thought process around if this is the right career path i should go towards but it's not exactly new i have been in the industry for a good part of like 15 to 16 years right now right and that same anxiety was there when i joined because of the outsourcing projects it came again when we started implementing visual and analytics it came again when we started talking about uh, a second wave of analytics outsourcing rather than just tier 1 activity outsourcing of course now the anxiety is a lot more because they expect the ai to be a lot more disruptive than the previous waves that has uh, that we had to deal with Mm. but that's an anxiety across the board. Mm. Change adoption is going to be hard. The only thing which I think I'm trying to hold towards is trying to learn as fast and as quickly as possible. Right? I mean, I used to love coding. It's not something which I have done for quite some time because day-to-day responsibilities take over, but I'm learning Python at this point in time just to get a sense of uh just to refresh myself right and i don't plan to be a coder i don't plan to be a developer but picking up that new skill gives me a better understanding of what is to come when i have conversations with people who are leading automations or doing program management project management i'm not lost in those conversations and that really makes a difference in terms of how we go about adapting to the change itself and then the change becomes exciting because there are a lot of things that's going to happen which you're going to learn new about mm. rather than being worried about it or anxious about it but it's hard it's not it's and it's and there's no one anyone can tell you to say that is going to be easy but how you cope and how much you learn is going to make the journey 
easier and more interesting and something that you are curious about versus just the ball of anxiety that you are dealing with okay so i think change management is the key but uh, how people respond back to the change that's that's more important because if you have the best change management program in the company or the industry mm-hmm. the intent and the mindset in the people is not in the change mode mm-hmm. no matter what they will do as a change management it will never result into uh, a tangible results uh, with the team it is important but i think the mindset uh, of the change and accepting the change has to be there that's absolutely true spot on right because there is only so much you can pour in unless you are receptive to it mm. so what we try to do is try to be as receptive to it as possible rather than being defensive about it mm. so if you're receptive to it and if you have the growth mindset the learning mindset this is in a way once in a lifetime opportunity mm, okay now if we spoke about the landscape evolving till this moment as we speak now mm-hmm. which as you said uh, if you used to do the macros bivet uh, some sql codes you're the smartest person in the room now you're not but even learning mm-hmm. code now selina as we speak now if you learn a language mm-hmm. as we speak now you spend the time and effort mm-hmm. the ai can generate this code in your behalf in like in a few seconds so even the learning is evolving as we speak now so the question is mm-hmm. if the evolving of finance landscape till this moment has changed massively how mm-hmm. do you see the technology especially the new one especially ai impacting more the finance function in the near future i would see that actually so do we might need less people to do the same kind of work right but i actually find it as an opportunity to spend a lot more time doing things that i'm interested in so for instance if i need to do a process improvement what is the normal process that we go to we try to do an assess state we look at what are the points that needs to be improved we need to write up a whole process document in order to figure it out now with the help of some of these tools a lot of this work has become so much more easier mm. i mean i think i've told you before rada like when i was starting out when i had to do like a process map oh my god it was such a painful process mm. right but now with the help of miro it's like a few clicks mm. which is so instead of me spending or my team spending hours on creating that process map we can spend more time critiquing it and spend more time making it better so from that point of view the work that currently ai can do is like a i find it as a huge enablement mm. i just feel like the team and myself will be able to spend a lot more time doing things that we truly enjoy and to understand how we can add value to the business i can spend a lot more time with customers i can spend a lot more time in the market i can spend a lot of time trying to understand emerging trends rather than has this report been done properly or the process been written up properly are there issues that we need to deal with right so it i i think it's an opportunity very honestly okay so given given this evolving situation as we speak now when you hire in your team mm-hmm. as we speak now mm-hmm. what kind of skill set you're looking for if i look at it right now i still need some basic analytic skills right so basic analytic skills in terms of being able to deal with like a power bi is still required uh, because we are not 
in a place where we don't need any of these tools or even excel tomorrow it's going to take some time to phase it out uh definitely look at all the basics in terms of being able to do pnl management and things along those lines but there's one question that i ask pretty much in every interview like how do you learn because i'm always curious to know how does a person learn right and if i get a decent answer to that in terms of i learn by you know even watching youtube videos i try to go and speak to people i try to understand how this is done i'm more comfortable with that person rather than saying i'll ask you or i'll just ask my colleague because i want to see as broad based way that they learn as possible so ability to learn the learning mindset is absolutely something that you look for um i have also seen a trend not necessarily in my team but in finance team where we are actually hiring people not from a traditional finance background but engineering background for instance right so that they are able to look interested in finance but has an engineering basic degree uh i have seen that quite off uh i would say at least in a few teams that i have worked with i have seen that evolving more yeah so okay so finance team are known for being busy all the time they claim that we're only busy at the months in the closing and forecast and then after the forecast we have the sales and operational plan and we have bending stuff from the months in the closing then then go we're in the months in the closing <laughs> again and yeah. so on so that's the disclaimer i received from our partners my partners as well and in this podcast i received this feedback from many other elements how do you find the right balance a sweet spot between adapting for the change evolving for the change uh upscaling for the change mm-hmm. and at the same time managing the short term business operation or business as usual i have to be honest that's that's a real uh that is a challenge for a lot of professionals including myself right so things that you need to uh, do in order to be ready for the future versus making sure that your deadlines are being met uh you have to find the time for things that you think so it's if you go back to the the normal quadrant that we work with what is urgent but not very critical mm-hmm. what is important but not very urgent and very often it falls into that quadrant of extremely important but not very urgent because nobody is following up behind you for whether you have upskilled yourself or not mm-hmm. you have to find the time for it so when so i have uh, not related to finance i have been working on a coaching certification because i absolutely love the space right the only way i found time for it is to block out Three hours every week during which I learn, and I consider it just like any other work. Uh, I also had a situation where I was in a rut in terms of being able to, you know, wake up early in the morning. You tend to have a lot of late nights, so you don't wake up very early in the morning. And then when you wake up a little late, at least for me, the problem is the day has started. I feel like I'm catching up the entire day, mm-hmm. right? And at that point i signed up for um being a morning person program mm. it's it costs me 150 dirhams per month very honestly okay and all it does is give you a structure around it's a zoom call right so it, you could have the zoom fatigue but you literally wake up at 4:30 in the morning and you go through a guided meditation process okay and they kick you out of the program if you don't show up for 3 days at a stretch wow so if I you're not aware of that so if you're an achievement oriented person 
you don't want to be kicked out of the program exactly. right <laughs> so you show up and you show up consistently for a month and the habit gets set so when you also uh, you regress right because life gets in the way you don't regress to the point that you were before instead of 4:30 you may wake up at 5 or 5:30 but if you ever hit a 7 you are like no this is you have to reset so take some of those tools there are a lot of them around available to actually utilize that and get an accountability partner get someone at work or get someone outside of work in your network who will do it with you it's a lot more fun i tortured my sister into doing the morning program <laughs> <laughs> because it was during the pandemic and i couldn't she, find anyone she will that. be listening and watching that as well <laughs> and she will be thanking me i hope <laughs> <laughs> i hope so <laughs> not much there <laughs> okay now uh the the other disclaimer and i just need to get your views on that some of the business leader they see that the market is challenging consumer behavior are changing and evolving every single second uh, and the finance professional are not coping or helping us as a business mm-hmm. as a support to evolve more and deliver value to the business to guide them in such a disruptive world when we speak with the finance team they still in their era of reporting accuracy governance which is extremely important even the business partnering part back to the basic very basic that the, even the business team now started to be ahead of the finance when it comes to the financials right understanding what is your advice to the finance people especially the value creator the one that partnering on the market mm-hmm. as you speak now to support the business to grow profitable in a such challenging economic situation as we speak now See, my take on it is that parts of finance is just not popular right in the sense there is governance element to it there is compliance element to it mm-hmm. uh you don't also want to be the person who is a cheerleader irrespective of what you are cheering on there are going to be situations in the room where you will have to don your hat of being the compliance person you will have to be the naysayer and that is very much a muscle you have to build and be comfortable with being unpopular at that point in time you know if all the organizations people are mature it's not nothing personal but it's an uncomfortable situation especially if you are somebody who likes being liked it's it's a tough spot to be in and you need to have that very courageous conversation with your business counterpart you can tell them this is not the favorite part of my day mm-hmm. i would rather drink coffee with you and agree with you for everything you say but that's not what i get paid for <laughs> so you are always going to have that right having said that finance i always say that the source of power for finance for the longest time has been knowledge it has been able to hold on to those reports it has been able to be the gatekeeper of information which is no longer the case mm-hmm. a lot of dashboards that we have created automation we have created has democratized information across the organization so you are no longer the gatekeeper to knowledge at this point in time but you can still be adding a lot of value by spending some time with the data understand the nuances but not just with the data but also spending time in the market mm. never lose the opportunity to spend time in the market you already put it rather it's really hard you have the month and you have the forecast you have the psyop you have everything carve out time to spend time especially with the people who are in the front line and the, it doesn't get more frontline than the person who is going and speaking to your customer 
audio marketer who is trying to drive consumer behavior so you have to spend time in the front lines if you have to get a good sense of the business spend some time with operations if you can if you are in a consumer goods moving kind of a business spend some time in the warehouse it all adds up to at least for me when i look at the line items of the pnl i can see contribution from the team where does it fit in where does it come from it becomes a lot more tangible for me so it it helps the second job i took after the big four was uh, i only had one criteria i want to be in a role where i can touch and feel the product <laughs> Mm. that i would be selling After or i would four. be part of, of exactly <laughs> right so you know like we had the discussions around like do, do you have a specific industry in mind with the recruiter and i was like no i want to be like in a physical space i want to spend time where i can actually feel the finance that i'm handling hmm. so for me it's 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 still a requirement okay. i spend some time in fintech it's it's fantastic hmm. yeah, the pace is amazing uh i st- I still came back to products. <laughs> okay. And projects. Okay. So, just uh being very authentic. I I, I love the discussion to be honest, Celine. Uh I'm not going to add the question uh what you're going to give advice to the younger generation. Forget this question, okay? If you look at yourself being a very authentic person admitting all the mistakes like a normal person like everyone in the world. <laughs> If you go back to the old Celine, what advice you're going to give to her? if you go back on time to yourself a younger version of yourself i would say spend more time getting to know yourself as early on as possible don't be so concerned about the things that you are not good at learn the things that you are great at and just make it better like for instance so i don't know if you have ever dealt with clifton strength finder or gallup or any kind of the survey sort of a thing right all these are like guidelines it's it does not it does not determine your fate but gives you a lot of information so one of my strengths in that is uh, i'm a magpie for information i just love learning and storing information and being able to retrieve it and connect all the dots knowing that about myself I actually actively encourage it right now and I spent time trying to connect the dots because I know that's one of my strengths if I listen very deeply in the room I'm able to see things right so and there are things which I'm not great at for instance um I'm an introvert which means I really do not enjoy a lot of socializing I like deep connections I like having you know meeting friends I'm also really good at spending time with a large group of people but i know that i have to manage my energy previously that used to worry me like why am i getting tired at this point it's only like 8:30 you know <laughs> <laughs> not, I, i have to spend more time with people because that's what is expected mm. but now i know 8:30 if i'm feeling tired if my battery has run out get out get some quiet time for yourself come back in mm. if you want to mm. if you don't want to that's fine too So if I could give an advice to myself it's like get to know yourself better faster so that you don't spend a lot of time trying to fit into a mold of what you should be but spend more time developing what you are yeah that that's I think that's that's one of the best uh, closing of the episode because 
you, you see the connection between the purpose at the beginning and the advice yourself as an younger version uh, of yourself. Because at the beginning, your purpose is to make the best use of any opportunity. Don't waste energy as much as you can. At the end of the day, you're saying as an advice to yourself, know yourself better to know how to manage it in the best way mm. as you can. Uh, quite insightful. Right? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you see, you see the connection here. But in that sense, I just want to acknowledge I really loved your authenticity in this discussion, Celine. The same person that I discussed off the record, in the record, in the conference, over a phone call. Uh, I think we re- we really need in the industry, especially in finance, more authentic leader like you, just expressing themselves with the true face that nothing will harm, I'll just express as much as I can. Because not only in finance, across the leadership, as you can see, qualities, authenticity is not there in some cases where we think that the leader is like a superwoman or a superman, never make or made any mistakes in their lives. I really think like it comes a lot from the psychological safety that people feel as well. Mm. So a lot of it is driven, I feel, depending on the space you operate. Mm. So, and and of course, you know, in a way, like knowing yourself, having the confidence and knowing that in a way, my father always used to say that um, when God split your lips, like gave you lips, all these things that you see around was not there. Like people have been living forever and no matter what happens, you will find a way to get around it. Yeah. You know, so it's never, go- don't be like, without mentioning any of the company names, he would say that none of the companies you worked for were there. Exactly. <laughs> you know, True. and True. we had probably not discovered all in this part of the world or we were not independent in where I come from. But still, you know, People knew how to learn, live, survive, and thrive. So you'll continue to do so. Okay. So authenticity is, I agree with you, but I think it doesn't come from a person, but more from his circumstances as well, and from how you how you fit into those circumstances. The, 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 the point that I just want to make as well, that the more we have authentic leaders uh, such as you, they will create more psychological safety for their Good. teams and their friends to be the true themselves yeah. and express themselves, not to have the fear of the consequences as well. So lead by example mm-hmm. in that sense. Absolutely. And I was very fortunate as well, really, mm. to have a lot of leaders around me who actually was different modes of leadership. So not just a typical leader that you would think about who is, you know, who has got XYZ qualities, but also the more quieter ones, also the more introspective ones, also the more courageous ones, also the more vulnerable ones. So you're absolutely right on that. The more you see, the more you also gain the confidence to to be one of them. True, true. Uh, Sain, thank you very much for this discussion. I think... Uh quite very well-rounded discussion about the evolving situation of the of the finance we cover the technology the people the leadership at the end uh, i really enjoyed the discussion so thank you very much for joining me in that too. discussion thank you so much rather thank you for having me thank you